Yo, what's up? This is Slug from Atmosphere, and you already know you are tuning in to Fly Fidelity. Word? First, First I, I say, say, what we're going to do. Then, then you say, say, I don't know, what do you want to do? What we're going to do, what you want to do? do. I have an idea. You're going to dig this. The Fly Fidelity Podcast is, is the solution. It's the best. Check it out. You want to get super fly, fly. Details just ahead. Do you love credible content, but, but, but hate how long you have to wait? And who wants super thick and frothy dumpster juice with rat corpses in it? There's a better way. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly. Fly. Fly Fidelity. Fidelity. Fly Fidelity Podcast. Fly Fidelity, baby. Fidelity, baby. Fidelity. With your host, Luke Bailey. <laughs> Fly Fidelity, credible content for incredible times. For more than two decades, Atmosphere has been holding it down, dropping over two dozen studio albums, EPs, and collaborative side projects in as many years. On this episode, we are joined by Slug, one half of the Minneapolis duo, to talk about their latest album, Word, a throwback of sorts to the many moments musically and lyrically throughout their career. Enjoy the conversation. What was the inspiration behind releasing Word as a series of maxi singles instead of a conventional singles? Was it your idea or Ant's idea? Uh, actually, I have to give those flowers to Jaybird, to be quite honest. He, you know, I went to the label and said, I want to do something different with this because we had released, you know, the Whenever album uh, in, 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 in 2020 or, you know, early 2020. Right. And then we put out that Halloween album at the end of 2020. And so I was like, man, people don't want another album from us already, you know, but we had music, you know, we, we, we just keep making music, you know, and we really liked this project. And so I was like, I want to put this out, but I want to do something creative. So of course my idea was let's put it out for free. Cause I'm old. Right. And I forget that everything's already free, you know? And so I was like, well, let's put it, let's put it up for free downloads. Like, like how you used to do back in the day when you were trying to do something for the fans and the label was like, you know, it's already free. You know, people are going to stream it and, etc cetera, etc cetera. let's come up with a different idea so i was like all right well help me figure it out and then jaybird was like yo what if we did it because he was listening to it and, and, and going through it and he's like yo what if you did it as a series of maxi singles per side on the vinyl so you know we already knew that the vinyl sides a b c and d were going to be broken the way they were so we were like oh that's interesting i like that ant loved it because it's vinyl affiliated hmm. i loved it because it's vinyl affiliated and so we we went for it so yeah, I got to give Bird credit for that. And and honestly, I love it. You know, I loved it. I, I loved doing an album that way. This is something you guys grew up on. This this is mm-hmm. this was normal back then. Yeah, oh man, maxi singles were the thing. The difference is back then when somebody released a maxi single, it was like here's the single off our album and then here's four bonus songs. Maybe one of them is an instrumental. Uh to the song or a radio edit or something. But 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 it used to be that those would be additional B-sides. We didn't do that per se. We actually just released the four sides of the album, but we called yeah. them maxi singles on purpose just because it was just a, like to pay homage to the original maxi single, you know. Um we actually made a maxi single back in 2014. We did a maxi single off of the Southsiders album and it was really fun. We we did it old school style where it's like here's the single for Kanye West and here's like four additional songs you know um that were that were not on the actual Southsiders album uh but whereas with this it was more just kind of like it was man, to be honest it was just to be funny it was to be fun it was to do something different it was to shake it up a little bit for ourselves you know what i'm saying like it wasn't by any means did it you know necessarily benefit 
us or the listener in any way other than to be to, to just be kind of like what huh you know and, and with the title word with a question mark <laughs> it made sense to do something like that you know what i'm saying it made sense to kind of do something dumb what is it for you about the creative and practical appeal of releasing an album as a series of maxi singles that work so well I feel like it, it was just, uh, oh, nobody's done that that I noticed lately or ever. And so I, I want to try everything at least once. You know, it's like, uh, and so to me, A, when we were putting together the project, I wanted to do something kind of, you know, I just wanted to get stupid with it. Because to me, the music and the concept of us even having this record was just dumb. And so I just wanted to keep that vibe going. Right. Um, and, and so again when when bird suggested that i was like man that is exactly the kind of the, the kind of i don't want to use the word stupid because it wasn't stupid but like that is exactly the left turn that i would like to do for something like this you know and i was intrigued by that because i was like how are people going to take it you know i could watch their reactions in real time as each one each side came out side a side b side c side you know and, and, and i and i feel like luckily you know, we had already sequenced the album before we had decided to do that. And so luckily, really? yeah, there was something about each. Yeah, because it, it was the sequence that I gave to the label that even made Bird think this was a good idea. Right. Um, and so luckily, each side kept continuing a momentum. You know, the first the first side came out. Nobody seen it coming. Nobody knew we were putting out more music. Um, the second side came out and it was like, OK, this is. Side B was kind of like the quintessential sound of atmosphere, like the dark or the dad joke. You know, you had the song about uh, eating bad food. There's the there's the atmosphere dad joke. You know, we got one on every album. And then you had the the dark song with um, Nino Nino Bless on it. The song called Sleepless that kind of got the dark beat. And then you had the other total atmosphere traditional song called Clock. So that was cool because that at least showed the fans this album is not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be as bugged out as the Halloween album might be. You know what I mean? And then, um, then the third side came and that's the one that had the big posse cut. And, and that got, you know, people kind of like riled up a little bit cause you know, saw rock and half dozen murdered their verses and black lick and Anwar and Latif. Everybody just came with their verses, you know? And so it had that kind of vibe of like, Oh, this is some good rap shit, you know? And then, um, and then the, and then the last side had doom and Aesop on it. And it was like, well, who's going to, Perfect. Who's going to be mad at that? Who's right. going to get mad at that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and I'll tell you what, man. When we made the project, I turned this project in. The last song I turned in was the Doom song. The song with Doom and Aesop. And I turned that in in October. After I got Doom's verse, we mixed it. And, 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 and boom, album done. Turn in the label. We had that album turned in before... Um you know before the before probably thanksgiving here uh you guys don't have thanksgiving but before before the end of november right and so i'm sitting here scratching my head because we were mixing it like doom sent us his verse probably the end of september we probably mixed doom's verse in october end of october november finalize it all get it to mastering turn the artwork in get all the get all the get everything finalized you know like we've been creative up until this point now it's like we're, we're knocking out finals and at this point yet i had not been made aware of doom's passing and now you know one of the things that i think about in hindsight is how would that have affected me had i known prior mm. to turn to turning this in you know what i'm saying it's like once i turned it in then uh, after that, I found out he had passed away. And immediately I was like, man, are we supposed to take that song off? You know, and I reached out to Sadiq um, and, 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 you know, he gave me his two cents. And, you know, he reached out to Jasmine and, and, and she said that she was down, you know, and Sadiq and Jasmine both reinforced to me that Doom really liked his verse on there and was re really happy with the song. And it took a lot to just get me to be OK, because the last thing a person like me wants to do is to take advantage of somebody's passing. But at the same time, the last thing I want to do is also not celebrate that person. So I was just kind of like, um, in this, uh, you know, all things aside, all, uh, grieving and, you know, really thinking and marinating on 
this man's legacy and what it meant to the culture, what it meant to me. All that aside, I had to also grapple with my own connection and affiliation to him as a label mate, as well as a, as a, as an artist, as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, um, a contemporary, but also I had this song and I'm like, man, you know, am I, am I supposed to do anything else with it? And, and everybody convinced me, no, nope, it's okay. It's okay. You know? And now, now I'm like, oh man, I'm really glad they did because I feel like had I not, had I been given the opportunity to take that off, uh, knowing me, I'd have took it off just like, 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 uh, defiantly take it off. You know, don't put that on there. That's not, that's not right. Blah, blah, blah. And right. I, pro- I probably would have ended up regretting it because now I feel like, you know, um, just in the celebration of him and who he is, you know what I'm saying? It's to celebrate who he was as an artist and how fucking crazy he was and how weird he was and how he just did not give a fuck all that stuff. You know, like to me, the celebration of all that is really, one of my favorite parts of this whole project now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's this duality in Doomsverse with him taking on almost another character and rotating between (laughs) himself, right? And this other character inside this verse. Can you speak to that influence, you know, these layers that Doom's career and the music he made had on yourself with the history between yourselves? Bro, that's exactly what I pointed out when he sent the verse. I was like, look, dude, you... Your alter ego just created another alter ego inside of a song. Not Incredible. even like, you know, yeah, I was like, what the hell? And he was glad that I saw that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, and, 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 and yeah, man, like to me, he had done a few alter egos at this point, right? All of them were, were breakoffs of doom. But this was like, yo, it's, it's mutating right there in real time. And you're going back and forth. It almost kind of reminded me of like Max Headroom or like mm. when, um, when 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 uh, a shapeshifter gets caught between the two shapes and kind of goes back and forth between the two, you know what I'm saying? It's like it was like I'll tell you what, you know, he was uh, the last one to send his verse. I had I had Ian's our Aesop Rocks verse first, and Doom sent his verse back, and I called Aesop immediately. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Are we supposed to go rewrite our verses? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, of course, Aesop never has to rewrite, but I definitely was like, man, am I supposed to? rewrite my verse nope I, I can't that's cheating i gotta fucking roll with what i got here you know what i'm saying like but but still bro like that you know that blew me away man it's it's and again it speaks to just the levels of of not just creativity but like also just like uh unfiltered go you know what i'm saying it's like mm. just just take your idea and run with it and 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 see where it leads you and i feel like that's like so important in art and, you know and a lot of artists have that you know what i'm saying uh, and even specifically some of these newer artists like a lot of people have that and i love to see it you know it's one of the things that keeps me attached to the evolution of this art so that i'm not just stuck listening to 1989 my whole life you know what i'm saying and so it's like uh so here we have an artist who you know he was he was um my, like myself middle-aged you know um but still peaking. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like still still redefining. Still and that's inspiring, man. I feel like there's something in there that could be taken even from people who might not be a fan of him or even of this type of art. But just to know that hey, there is room to grow, there's room to continue evolving. That's inspiring to me as an artist, but also as a person, as a dad. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's inspiring to be reminded that like you don't have to just fall into your basket and be stuck being that for the rest of your life you can still continue to improvise and mutate and evolve and grow no matter who you are or what you're doing we're talking about reinvention aren't we where do any artists like doom whose reinvention and career turning points kind of you i guess you've studied putting together this project do you credit you know an mf doom for challenging the way you reassess the way you release music at all um i would say that he definitely is part of my large landscape of people who I look to um, artists that I look to specifically because I don't just look to uh, audio artists. Like I look to visual artists. I look at books, I look Mm. at film and doom is part of my personal landscape of inspiration. Definitely. You know, but as a child of hip hop and and of uh, uh, at the age I'm at, I, I would, I would, 
challenge anybody who is in a similar situation to me to to deny Doom's uh, influence on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like easy for me to say and easy for me to see that because of who I am and where I stand. You know what I mean? I just hope that that influence can shine for some of the younger generation, even if not stylistically. I'm not saying people should study Doom and learn how to rap like that again. I'm just saying the effect that this person had on not just the music, but the way people do things, the industry, I hope that that shines forever. I hope people are able to look to that forever. I, I have a feeling he's going to be taught in, you know, when you, when you hear about these college courses on, you know, rap, hip hop culture, um, you know, uh, even just music in general, I, I have a feeling he's going to be one of the people that professors point at, you know what I'm saying? It's like, cause there's so much there to unpack and talk about and dissect. He was really large and in life, wasn't he? Doom was, we always thought Doom was inv invincible, didn't we? Yeah, man. Like Prince, you just didn't think he could die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about spirit, this is a track that really mirrors the spirit of a track you recall 20 years ago, Put Your Quarters Up, which features Doom and Aesop Rock, produced by PNS for the Mole Men. What is yes, it sir. that sticks out to you about recording that track specifically? Uh, being at the studio. like we, I was there for a show in Chicago, and that was back in the day before you used to mail verses. You yeah. used, that was before you, you could email somebody your verse. You know, you had to like go into a studio, record it, and then send them the ADAT or send them the reel-to-reel -reel with your vocals on it, you know what I'm saying, or, or a DAT with your acapella, and then they'd have to figure out how to line it in. You know, that was kind of earlier, that was like Pro Tools were there, we had Pro Tools, and people were just really starting to figure out how to use it. Now, so with that song, like, that was recorded on the spot. Like, that was actually recorded in the Mole Men's hideout, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the thing that I remember the most, and to be fair, that's a good way for you to pose that question because I don't remember much from that year. <laughs> but the thing that I remember most from that session was just how, I guess, um, PNS, who produced the beat, he took a, you know, me, Doom, and Aesop Rock, we were not the names yet. We were not names that people cared about yet. Even, and that includes Doom. Doom was just kind of getting it going. But PNS saw something in all three of us and saw that all he, he just was like, I, I need to see if I can get you three on a song. And I feel like there was some sort of insight or just his ability to predict that the three of us would 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 last. You know, that the three of us would last uh, would, would would even would even technically kind of outlast that particular error era. Oh, there's a Freudian slip. But that particular era of like backpack rap, that early back, the, the, the backpack, uh, 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 early internet rap, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of our contemporaries are not as prolific anymore. A lot of the people that we came up with in that era, they're not even around anymore. If you didn't get a real deal, you may have, you know, went and got a real life and a family and a job and stuff by now, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like the, the, the fact that, that PNS had the, the, the foresight to say, Hey, you three, I want to make a song with you three. Cause you know, at the time, Moleman, I think, might have been popping more than me and Aesop Rock at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and so it's like, so I, I, I credit him for having that vision. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so to me, the thing that I remember most though was like being in their hideout. And me, I'm the one that was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here right now. Like, I was the one that was excited to be like, wow. Same with Aesop. You know what I'm saying? Because both of us specifically, Doom had already kind of been around because he had a deal with Electro, with KMD and all that. So he kind of had already been around the world of rap. But me and Aesop were still pretty green at the time, you know, and we were just excited to be fucking rapping. You know what I mean? And so it's like, that's the thing that I remember most is like how exciting it was for me to be making a song with the moment. Uh, yo, yo, I go next Put your quarter up For bets, put your daughter up MF is sort of corrupt Not to be confused with the fake fly raw sound Still the one who used to take your high score down What more rhymes and germs a spitball carry As it fly through the air like Pitfall Harry 
shit y'all fairies take a loss like Slobodan This goes out to man, woman and child from Robotron Before the end I save the world like Defender There's no time for curling up to hurl from a bender like Back when your last five never went to weed More likely on like 20 rounds of centipede If it go fast or slow no matter in the flow Down packed like the old acro pattern Those who need to learn the technique take heed note It switch like Spy Hunter once he to the speedboat boat. Speaking of moments, one of my favorite collaborations that you guys did together features Curious, Mabonics, Paz, and Prince Paul. Yeah. What do you remember about recording Supervillains for Bone Like This? Um, that was one where he, Doom reached out to me and was like, hey, I need you to rap to this beat. I didn't know who else was going to be on the beat. Uh, I just was like, oh, yeah, I want to rap on a fucking song with you again. You know what I'm saying? I, I was like, okay. And I remember that beat was intimidating. And I, you know, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with that song, but it's an intimidating ass. It's an intimidating ass beat. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like excited to do it, but also I saw the challenge. Um, and when I sent him my verse, uh, the, the thing I remember the most is because I didn't do that one on the spot. That's one that I did here in in, in my city, and then emailed it to him. Um, I remember telling him like, if you don't like this, man, do not hesitate to tell me you think it sucks because this was this was challenging, and I will totally understand if you decide not to use it and he was like no i'm using this i love it and i was like oh my god that made me feel so good (laughs) (laughs) so validating Pushing on the couch cushion, Southside Minneapolis, never lived out in Brooklyn, kept the faith, forget the fame, if they sweat the name, let it set the lane, held mine, cold and hard, had no regard, who the chosen are, who you, oh no, you play the oboe, keep it on the low low, rappers are candy, butterscotch, I'ma let their baby's mothers watch, she loves the ock, I touch the spot, bitch, I'm the itch, that must have got up a crotch, <laughs> nah, stop, fill the buildings, leave some pills for these little villains, hey shorty, share the flask, let me explain why I wear this mask. So going back to this release and this staggered release strategy, how do you think it's allowed you to connect with feedback and move into a space less convoluted? I feel pretty, it was, it was very, um, considering that when me and Anthony were making this project, we did not think it was an album. We thought we were making some stuff to give away for free. And when we turned it into the label, they were like, nope, we like this. This is an album. Me and Anthony were both very surprised at that. One, because we didn't, we, we, we thought it might be a little soon for us to be putting out another album. But two, we didn't know if this was good. We didn't know what to expect. We just knew we had fun. We just knew we were kicking it and having fun with it. And so, um, all in all, I'm, I guess it would, it would be unfair to use any other word other than just, I'm super pleased. I'm pleased with how this all worked out. Because again, when we were making this album, we did not think we were making something that people were going to care about. We thought this was something that the Uber fan will listen to because they'll wake up and it'll be in their inbox. We'll send it to everybody on the mailing list. Something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and so just, you know, from the label saying they liked it to, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the video concepts, the directors that jumped aboard that wanted to make videos for the stuff on here, you know, everything, man, it was all very just pleasing. I was very pleased. I was very, I was, I, 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 I'm really happy with how this has gone. I'm happy with how the last couple of projects have gone. I feel like this is an extension of how, you know, we've been, we've been allowed to have a lot of fun with this. And this is an extension of that. This is just the next page of of us continuing to have a lot of fun, you know? And I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this publicly, but I might as well, because I like to talk specifically to you and your show. Um, you know, we've been working on, we never stopped working on music. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we, we turned this album in and decided, all right, let's take a break. It's like, nah, we kept going. And now the music we're making is another extension of that same fun. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, it's just like, it's like almost like, um, Every step inspi- is inspiring the next step, and, and, and that is a great place to be at for a creative. Um, when you're able to put to, 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 to finalize a, a, a something you're working on as a creative, to be like, okay, this is done, and then immediately step off into the next thing and have that also 
go good and feel good. Like there's not there's nothing like that, man. I listen to this album and I hear an album that's made for fans. This is an album for fans of Atmosphere. There's moments of nostalgia throughout this album. How much do you credit your previous releases behind you for sharpening your craft and the material ahead of you? I think a lot. You know, I feel like specifically because we haven't taken breaks and we've continued. It's like every single song that we make musically, lyrically, um, we're competing with ourselves and i'm not the type of competitor that has a hard time admitting my losses any more than admitting my wins and so when i have a song that i'm like oh this is pretty good but it's not as good as the last one i can admit that to myself you know what i'm saying like i feel like that's a healthy space to be in but i could still find the things about this song that i love or or, or what what have you so so I feel like what happens is every time I start posting up new songs in front of myself on my, like, you know, I, I have a wall that's similar to like, um, you, when you watch movies and you watch the detectives trying to catch the serial killer and mm. they make that wall uh, where they put all of the facts up and they put the, 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 the map where all the things are happening. And, and then that way they can just kind of look at the whole thing. I do that. And when I look at it, it's always inspiring because I go, Oh man, Six months ago, I made that song right there. And these are the things that were going on and the things that inspired it. And so I can look at that connection to this song. And that's how, that's what helps me sequence the albums. You know what I mean? That's what helps me understand like, okay, this is how I want this to be um, uh, interpreted or how I want it to be heard. So after, you know, time and time of doing that, what we're doing right now is we're making a project where I'm not allowed to sequence anything. I have to keep it in the order of how it's written and it's written in the order of how he's given me the beats. Now, I don't know right. how he's choosing which beats to give me because I don't want to I don't want to ask how the magic is made. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I and, and so every time he gives me a beat, I don't get another beat now until I finish this song. And then when I finish this song and turn it into him to Anthony, that's when he goes, OK, yep, I like it. It's done. Here's your next one. And so, and, and not only that, but the sequence has to stay in the same order of, of uh, as they're being made. And that's been the challenge that he put on me that this time. That's the, mm. that's the exercise. That's what we're doing this time. That's just what it is. And it's inspiring because I have to think about what I want to communicate before I even have, a, you know, I had to, I had to start thinking about what I wanted to communicate from the very first and second song. I had to think about how I want this to shape the listener or what I wanted them to gain from it. Do I want to start optimistic? Do I want to keep it up here? Do I want to go dark right here? Do, what do I want to do? You know, and it's, man, it's been really fun, you know? And, and that's the thing. These last few projects have had weird rules applied to them. We've always had rules. We always will make a couple of exercises or rules that we apply to what we're doing. But Anthony has really been just bugging with the, with the with the rules that he wants to apply, and it's just it's a lot of fun, man. And it's just a it's a way to keep it exciting, you know. I almost wonder if it's similar to like a marriage, and it's like once in a while you got to do you got to shake it up, do something weird, like let's go skydiving, just <laughs> to keep everything. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's kind of this that that's what we're doing is, and it's not even forced. We're not forcing ourselves to go skydiving just to keep the the, the to keep the flame lit. It's more like Oh, what should we do this weekend? Ah, let's 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 go buy an ice cream chart. Let's sell one of the cars. I want my up steady is my down when I Job. I'm trying to make this feel like a holiday 
It's a complicated celebration nowadays Gotta take it any way we can acquire it With consideration to our time and our environment Trying to find a silver lining with yourself included That's why we play these records like there's keys in the music I'm curious as to what the process was for making Word and finding that sweet spot between the signature Atmosphere records we're talking about versus making, you know, a career-turning body of work like the day before Halloween. What's the process for this one? Well, with this one, we... Um, you know, we've been using live instrumentation for a lot of the last... Uh, you know, the last eight years of our yeah. of our of, of the music we've been making, and when we got to the Halloween album, um, we decided to use only Anthony and his synths and his drum machine, very minimal samples and zero instrumentation from other musicians. So it, there's a there's a couple of samples, just real simple things like a like a stab or a scream, um, but uh, but mostly ninety five percent of that Halloween album was Anthony playing synth patches or different synths that he's collected, <coughs> and me just kind of experimenting with effects. Um, so with this one, we wanted to see what would happen if we went even further away from instrumentation and, and really just kind of dug into samples or noises. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, oh, uh, I think there's a, a sound of a, of a, um, a, a, a stoplight signal in there. You know, there's just different noises. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, we're, we're, we're just kind of, you know, and that was the whole point of this one was like, what can we what can we do without relying on on other people it's interesting because i do like i say i listen to this album and i'm hearing an album that's made for the fans and there's throwbacks to older material and i'm wondering how much of those earlier atmosphere albums like god loves ugly seven travels and a sad clown series how much are you leaning into the same process versus the material with this album is there a similar aesthetic definitely not in the process because we still um, you know, the, the only way we could ever get back to that process of, of those older albums is if I was to start going to his house on Sunday nights and drinking two pots of coffee and smoking a bunch of marijuana and <laughs> pounding out four track demos, because all of those albums were based on four track demos. That's why when you listen to any of those older ones, like God Loves Ugly is a great example. When you listen to that, there's a minimalism on that album that works really well, let's say. And the reason that's like that is because it's like, well, it's still a four track album. We just went and remade those four track songs in a real studio. You know what I'm saying? But we still, we didn't go in there and use, you know, 30 tracks to make them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. and, and that, and that's, and that was kind of like the, 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 the string that tied an album like that together. This is definitely not that because now Ant has, you know, he, he, he has a computer in his house. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> now we're, we're no longer like stuck with only having like, you know, a, a limited amount of tracks to make the music on. It's like, he's working on pro tools now, but he's still working from home and he's, and like God loves ugly. Um, he's depending on nobody but himself to make those beats. And so what you're probably hearing is what happens when Anthony is left to just his own, uh, his when he's not collaborating with anybody or he's not having to direct, that's a better way to put it. You know, Ant has kind of learned how to be kind of like a Quincy Jones kind of producer where he can direct a musician and be like, hey, nah, nah that's not right. I need it more like this or hey, I need this note. Shit like that. This is where he just kind of like backed away from that and just went back to what he's used to. But we still have some of the special tools you know what i'm saying it's like it, it, it's not like god loves ugly where 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 we literally didn't have any gear we made that album with very little gear what did you make it with uh it was recorded on let's see all the um all the beats were made on an asr 10 uh to adat and so we had eight tracks because that's what adats had 
Um, and so whatever he needed to use for the beat, let's say if the beat required uh, six tracks, then I had two left for my vocals. Right. Or if he only used four, then I had four left for my vocals. So, so what we did is we took a four track album and remade it with eight tracks, which to us was like, wow, wow, we get to do this with eight tracks now. You know what I'm saying? To us, it was like we we're expanding our universe, you know. But now when you think about like it's like with with Pro Tools, it's like you have, you know, you have as many tracks as you want, period. You could add, yeah. you know, which is a problem to some extent, because it's like if somebody's like, here, I need you to paint this picture and here's a million colors. It's like, fuck, where do I start? I, it might be easier if you just give me that box of eight crayons. Dan Monica in the back with binoculars Ants on the driver's side, I ride shotgun Looking at the rear view, I think somebody's following Helicopters clocking the wrong clockers I just dropped my kids off at soccer It's gotta be awkward to walk and talk With the defiant posture of a giant toddler Hey doctor, write me a script so I can pop the top off And light me a slip, watch a documentary That I'll likely forget, let's stop pretending We got some type of life outside of this Gonna be okay little homie A hero ain't nothing but a hokey don't ever let them put the baloney up in your bowl of macaroni Push the button and put the Kobe in your Sony Is it live or is it Memorex? I'm trying to live my best life Check the check the check Never met a pessimist that plays chess We breaking our necks Trying to make it look effortless And all I wanted was a Pepsi challenge Staring at your screen like you're checking your balance Like you finally figured out how to fight those fascists Turned off the headlights, the whole world vanished Well, let's talk about pictures. Let's talk about the track specifically Skull, which references two previous Atmosphere songs, Hair and Scalp. What was it like revisiting that story from a third-person perspective? Um, that was always the plan for Hair and Scalp to Skull. Um, was that this was, you know, it just took us forever. It took me forever to finally write the third piece. Like, I had this idea 20 years ago to make a... Um, one song as seen from three different perspectives. Um, and it's done now. There's no fourth perspective. Like I, it was never supposed to go any further than that. I'm a person of threes. It's part of my obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, that's the trilogy. It's the trilogy. Yes. And, and so, you know, I always had intended to, but here, if you, if you look at it, uh, 2000 and, one we made hair i don't think it came out until 2002 and then um and then and then 2009 we made uh scalp and i i think it came out in 2010 and then in 2020 i made skull so in 2021 a song called skull came out so it's like we're talking about over the course of 20 years (laughs) like it's (laughs) like that's a really long time to finally complete an idea or a vision that I had. So I'm really glad like, like, I, like, like, like much of this album, I'm very happy with this. I'm very glad that finally happened. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that I love most is, um, you know, had I completed this 10 years ago, then I wouldn't have had evidence at the front of the song. You know, it's evidence talking at the very front. And what's the deal with that? What can you tell me about that intro at the start of Skull? Um, I needed somebody who has, you know, me and Evidence have been, you know, um, I mean, he got into the game before me. Uh, way back when I was, you know, back in like 1994, I got a copy of that um, compilation that came out of the West Coast. I believe it was like, I came, it came out on Immortal Records and it was kind of like yeah. a, yeah. Pre-Capital. Okay. Yeah, yep. It had that Dilated People song on it. And immediately I was like, oh. This is dope, right? And then I started, uh, I used to, back then I used to work at this um, floral wholesale company. You know, we were a wholesaler that used to sell boxes of flowers to the flower shops. And so when you go into a flower store and, and, and buy a dozen roses for your sweetie, 
that flower store didn't grow those roses. They ordered them from a wholesaler. So I used to work at a wholesaler and I was kind of like the errand boy there. I used to be a driver. I used to do some sales. I used to, they used to put me on the phone with people when they didn't want to talk to people. So there was this one time when they put me on the phone with a, with a, with a grower out of California and I got to talking to the grower. Her name was Circa. She worked for the grower and we hit it off. We got to talking. We exchanged phone numbers. It's like 1994. And so me and Circa developed this like long distance friendship. It was kind of romantic, but we never met. It was only over the phone. And you got to remember, this is 94. This is even before the internet, right? So it, yeah. it cost it cost 10 cents a minute to, to talk to her on the phone, you know, because it was long True. distance. And I didn't have a cell phone yet and any of that. So anyway, uh, so one day we're talking and she's like, oh, my friend or my sister, uh, Mo, is friends with this rap group called Dilated Peoples. And I was like, yo, I just got a compilation that's got one of their songs on it. And she's like, yeah, they're going to blow up. They're doing really good. You know, and so she's talking them up. So this is me. I had heard of Dilated Peoples through this compilation. Then, <clears throat> thanks to this friend of mine hyping them up, I was getting even more hyped on Dilated Peoples. I was just like, oh, shit, you know, I'm rooting for them before. This is before they even signed the Capitol. So then when they signed the Capitol, yeah. I'm fucking number one fan. When they're on ABB, I, I'm selling their records out of the record store. Like, you got to buy these kids. This, this is the shit because of Circa. Like, I wanted Dilated Peoples to win because Circa wanted them to win. And, you know, and, I, and it's just their, their hip hop was fucking solid. It was great music. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, so this is way before I ever even met Evidence. And... So having him come on a song and uh, proclaim to want me to die <laughs> years before we ever even met was that was to me kind of like a way to like shout out to Circa, you know, because me and Ever friends now we're like brothers, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like uh, so for 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 that full circle to because to, it goes all the way back to pre before anybody knew who Atmosphere was, you know, Circa was telling her friends in California, you guys should check out Urban Atmosphere, because that's what we were called back then. And nobody knew yeah. who we were, you know what I'm saying? And so it was one of those things where it was just kind of like, it brings it it, 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 it pays homage to the fact that the story is that old. So, so, so for anybody who is paying attention and who realizes, because not a lot of people, I think, realize skull is attached to scalp and hair. It was just another little Easter egg to kind of to kind of like show the cards that this song is really old actually we're talking about crumbs aren't we which is a seamless link to the next track with evidence these are crumbs you're leaving behind easter eggs as you call them what can you tell me about crumbs because that's oh. an amazing story you just told me about evidence what about working with evidence for crumbs i love it because you know here's the thing usually he um he we've done a lot of songs together but it's usually yeah him. It's usually him going, hey, I got a beat. What do you think? And me going, yep, I love it. And we make a song. This time I was actually able to send him one of our beats and be like, what do you think of it? And I knew he would like it because it seemed like when I when Ant first gave me that beat, I was like, man, this sounds like a beat evidence should rap to. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I knew immediately. And so I hit him up and he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm down. And he sent the verse back like almost immediately. And then um uh and I love the direction he went with it because it was different than the direction I went with it. And I think that that's an important piece to the, the, the features on this particular project is that we were not trying too hard to like write these like conceptual comprehensive pieces together. We were all mm. looking at it and finding our own interpretations and running with it. And so then I also turned to a rapper from here from Minneapolis named Muja Messiah, who I also thought, Yo, this dude would sound really good on here. And I knew Muja was a huge fan of Evidence. I should say huge. I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I knew Muja was a fan of Evidence. And so yeah. I was like, yo, do you want to get on a song with me and Ev? And Mu was like, yeah, man, I would do that, you know? And so yeah, you know, and that's that one, that one was really easy to do. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like both them rappers, very competent in their they, they they have their own lanes they do their own thing um ev does not rap like me i do not rap like ev muja does not rap like me i do not rap like muja so you got these three different voices who all are, no none of we we don't sound the same we don't even rap the same you know what i'm saying and so it just it, it worked out really good i thought I, and i i love that one i'm so happy with the way that one came out in fact all of my favorite songs on this project are the features 
there's a lot of features on this. What are those features, Strun, now I wanted to talk to you about? How important was it for you moving into a space away from some of these themes on this body of work and addressing addiction on Strun out? I was really happy to address it specifically through the lens of humor because I feel like people tend to um, get preachy sometimes when they yeah. address certain things. And I, I just... I've, I've spent a lot of time being preachy. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot, you can go through my discography and find a lot of preachy atmosphere songs. A lot of the atmosphere music, it, it tends to take itself very serious. Um, and so I felt like, yo, I would like to do this topic. And um, I love the beat. The beat that Anthony gave me was like kind of fun and kind of like it, it had a, it had a good feel, like almost like, hey, this reminds me of some 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 juice crew shit um and and so i was like you know what i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do instead of just bragging and boasting on here i'm gonna hit a topic on here and so i wrote my verse and hook and then i was like who else would sound good on here and being that you know it had this feel of some shit that me and aunt might have made in the 90s i thought it mm. would, i thought it would make sense to holler at musab uh, because that's who I used to rap with in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, me and beyond and spawn, you know, the three of us were always rapping together back then. Right. So I thought, right. I thought, man, if I can get Musab on here, it's just a matter of whether or not he's feeling the topic. Cause you know, Musab is kind of, you know, he's, he's a little younger than me and he's definitely more attractive than me. He's in better shape. <laughs> and so I didn't know if he was going to feel it, but he was like, yo man, I'm struggling with food too and i was like bro let's go you know what i'm saying like let's Love do it. it he sent he 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 uh he didn't even send his verse back he spit it for me over the phone right and i was like oh wow yeah and i was like dude it's dope and then he came to minneapolis and 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 recorded it here at my house you mentioned juice crew yeah going back to Barcade, of course, with MF Doom and Aesop Rock. Am I right in thinking that this song initially was going to be a posse track? Yeah, who told you that? I I can't say. It's a secret. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was going to be um, a Rhyme Sayers' 25-year anniversary. We were going to make a, a, a like a 12-inch or something. I don't know what the hell they were going to do. I, I shouldn't say we because I didn't have a whole lot to do with the with the coordinations or the facilitations or any of that. I was just, you know, they asked me, will you rap on it? I was like, yep, I'll definitely rap on it. What do you want me to write? And they were like, you know, write an eight or a 16, whatever you want. And I was like, I right, bet. And, um, nobody sent back their verses and I'm sitting there going, man, am I the only, I wrote my verse and nobody else is, nobody else is coming with their verses. You know what I'm saying? Like, are they, are they are they waiting to see what everybody else does? And it was just a really busy time, you know. It was during COVID, uh, during the initial lockdown, and I could just see people were probably really, you know, distracted with with whatever they had to learn and relearn and how to juggle what they had going on. And so that's when I was like, okay, you know, Aesop, are you going to rap to it? And he was like, yeah, I plan to. And I was like, look, man, I'm going to take the beat and just keep it. I told Ant, I was like, I love the beat, you know what I'm saying? Because Ant made the beat. And I was like, I think I'm just going to keep it. And it was like, man, I'm fine with that. And I was like, all right, bet. And so then I had to call the label and tell them like, hey, that posse cut that you guys are going to try to make, I'm keeping the beat. <clears throat> and they were like, yeah, that makes sense. I think everybody just saw like it was, we were, it was really ambitious to try to make a posse cut with, you know, 16 rappers on it. I'm too next. Punk jump to get suplexed. My two cents, y'all dubs. Come buddy up with these moose heads. Get blood and guts in my work clothes. And no turncoats and no funny stuff. I go turbo. You do run, run. and get chaperone back to bumble. Rabbit holes on rabbit holes. We're no longer boxes, just dominoes. I might reappear with some vagabond and yell dirty words to traffic on. Ain't you with some sick joke? I don't mix well with this milk toast. Day ones get wished well, but I give hell to these bridge trolls. Go late night, I'm no sane, I'm so gone. Don't change, I ain't old school, I ain't new school. I'm more no school like snow days. Stowaways start popping out. Pops 
see up in y'all stopping rounds. Mainstays turn nomads, still no match for these fox hounds. Smokestack, I'm dead inside. Four wheels, one hell ride. Two hands with ten middle fingers, one sh grin, two pectiles, all pressurized. Any up, my tantrums on full tilt. Drum roll, come talk tough, I'm like cough, cough, so bullsh. When I took that beat back, uh, that was the last I've heard anybody mention it. And so I almost wonder if there wasn't a little bit of a breath of relief in some circles that we weren't going to do it because for a number of reasons, man, like let's, let's face it, man. It would be really challenging to listen to a song with that many rappers on it. Okay. Okay. Listen, you know, you've seen them case slate joints that came out, right? True. True. Okay. True. I love them. Right. But how many times are you going to listen to it? You, you, you know, you, it's right. like, it's like, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's like, oh my God, there's just so much, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so the truth is like, uh, unless there's beat changeups or something to keep it moving, like I almost feel like it would be better to make a posse EP or something, you know what I'm saying? So that it's like, oh, at least, especially for somebody like me, man, I don't have a whole lot of ability to focus and concentrate and pay attention for long periods of time. Uh, even in dialogue with you, you could probably tell I'm kind of all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, um, I, I feel like, you know, if they ever come to me and say, hey, we need your verse for a posse cut, you know me, I'm going to give them one. I, I don't I don't fucking shy away from rapping, but I can understand the, the, the struggle and the challenge of like trying to make a song like that that's actually gonna be heard and listened to and 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 valued you know other than just being kind of like a a novelty fingers in your weed jar this whole world is like vr free shows at the rebar all hokey and yeehaw keep plucking your guitar see pause just talk the prices right free car we are bar barker much darker black parker fat marker mike stalker metal face more bodies than a night stalker ramirez sits only he says she says be firm follow her let's see this between your legs meticulous hero shine zero swine green eggs pack out more wine rappers that's more annoying than teen kids villain crush green ducks into fine powder vanilla dutch pop crush feel rush feel up or grilling us no pause rappers old broads no bras violating all smoke laws white lies folklores bleed out no gores zombies with the headsets nah he's not dead yet big centuries find armies and these death threats Take a breath before we sink into the depth of darkness The rich people are trying to eat you, better protect your armpits Mommy, pick up your telephone and accept the charges I'll see you next Thirsty Thursday when I collect your garbage They unfamiliar, but they still present respect regardless Never starving for attention, never begged for pardons I checked your references, they all said that you're extra harmless I'll straight up and sun you, then I'll catch some bargains I might be your plug, it depends on where you your heart is you might be my plug it depends on where your farm is i'll take a smart dog with sauerkraut and parmesan you can find me trying to make party until the stars are gone first time caller trying to holler at martians i might be serving cauliflower at the farmer's market rest in peace to all the energy outside of the margin and leave a candle in the window that's for michael larson i wish i could show my appreciation for this podcast i wish i could respond to it somehow or be notified in the future when Fly, Fidelity, updates, because it's so great. But I don't think there's a way I can do any of those things. Uh-oh. You're wrong. <laughs> Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud and never miss an episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My peoples, are you with me where you at?